And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Expository Thursday as we work together to know the letter better into the narrative of the book of Acts. We travel to understand the things the Lord requires of us and learn to apply God's timeless truths in our lives. First, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Psalm 127, verse 1. Labor that people engage with has to be directed, approved, and or permitted by God, period. If God says no, then the answer is no. Ask all the people who tried to build the Tower of Babel how that went. God may permit something, but if he is opposed to the project, it's dead on arrival. That's true in every realm, including the spiritual. Next, on the flip side, if something that seems humanly insignificant is in God's architectural plans, then guess what's going to happen, no matter what? Now watch this. Watch this. Maybe it's water out of a rock. Right? Maybe it's a sea that God wants people to walk down the middle of. Maybe it's an insignificant carpenter who lives a perfect life and develops a movement without any weapons of human warfare. His kingdom is still growing 2,000 years later. Is there something small God is growing in you? Don't despise the day of small things. And finally, the conclusion of the leaders of Israel was to have the disciples beaten. Yes, they had that level of power. They wanted to kill the disciples, but settled for a pound of flesh and a rebuke, to which the disciples already said they wouldn't honor their request. Then, just follow this, the disciples called CNN and Fox News and went on the radio to tell everybody just how unjust the situation was. Or did they? David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Yeah, sometimes that's not so much fun to share. Personal observations. Spiritual observations, life's insanities. You know, if I could read this piece of paper, I would be really doing well. You know what? This is just proof that we don't have professional radio. We're not even close. We're like, you know, there's professional radio. There's Charlie Brown, Lucy, and Linus. And then there's people with spaghetti cans. And then there's us. Now, here's the bottom line. If you want to reach out to us, why? I have no idea. But if you want to reach out to us, you can do it in three different ways. You can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. 
It does come to me. I mean, Chris just sent me an email. I got it right here in front of me. You can also, that's David at he must increase.org. You can text us 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. You cannot call on that number. I cannot answer, but you can text us. Then also you can call 972-445-0770. That's 972 972- Four four five zero seven seven zero. When you make that call to that number, Captain Chris answers the phone, and then you will be. There you go. Al wants to know when he texted me. Does this work? <laughs> this is. This is our crew today. You can just tell what kind of show this is. You can just feel the whole day going this way. Uh, Keep in mind a couple of things. First of all, the show, it's kind of a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. Kind of. I mean, it's like kind of is our new uh, add-in line. It's certainly not professional radio. It's just radio. And here's the truth of the matter. We're here to encourage one another and strengthen one another. We recognize that we don't have – I don't have every single answer for everybody. I just know the one who does. That's the big thing. And in this process, as we encourage and strengthen one another, we want to be a blessing to one another, sharing testimonies, sharing prayer requests and praise reports, sharing different questions, thoughts, and whatever the case may be. Our good friend Sergio Calden had a great question. I think it's a great question. He's really hunting. He's really searching. We want the Lord to give him and reveal the answers, and it's a blessing to know that that's taking place. We also do this funny thing called trivia. This question could be a little bit more challenging. Let's just see who gets this one. Uh, Jesus, when he fed the 5,000 men besides women and children, how many loaves of bread and how many fish did the disciples start with? How many loaves of bread and how many fish did the disciples start with when the 5,000 besides women and children were fed? What did he start off with? If you think you know the answer... You can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email david at hemustincrease.org. I will share something with you that I probably shouldn't share with you, but eh, why not? Uh, Bottom line is this question I got backwards for like five years. I'm for real. Somebody had asked me about it, and I'd always flip it. And I'd be like, why can't I remember that? I don't know what it is. We do have somebody who's getting ready to answer. I do want to uh, bring up just a couple of quick things. I need prayer for wisdom because we have a book that we're going to be closing out. I want to know what's the next book we should go into. My wife needs prayer for stamina. I think that's pretty straightforward. And then we need to be praying for one another, just like I said, to be have people have this recovery, have this comfort, have this grace from the Lord. You can spend—you know what? Forget the mention. You can spend two or three minutes praying for, for people in the audience. That's not something that's beyond any of us, okay? So we can do that. Okay, uh, we have somebody ready for the answer? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Yes, sir. This is Will Rogers. Hey, brother. How are you? I'm a doing wonderful. I hope you're even better. I am. Thank you for asking me. I love that you asked that. <laughs> I love you say it that way. I hope you're doing better. That's great. And I am doing better. I think it's awesome. All right. Now, this is a classic question, one that I've gotten wrong a bazillion times just because I mix them up. And I'm going to give you the, the opportunity to, to, to get me on the right track. Here we go. Jesus, after feeding the 5,000 men besides women and children, how many loaves, though, of bread and how many fish did they 
start with? They started with five loaves and two little fishies. That is correct, Avundo! You are absolutely correct, and that is what they started with. And what's amazing is I've heard uh, preachers preach on this, and I'll say it in the nicest possible way. I've had uh, actually sat in the audience where the preacher said, this is just a young man's lunch, and I'm like, uh, five loaves of bread and two fish ain't nobody's lunch. <laughs> That's a little bit more than lunch. But anyway, the point is there was multiple people fed with that, and the great thing about that story ultimately is Jesus looked up with what he had and said, thank you, not, it's not enough. That's the big statement right there. Jesus said, thank you for what we do have. He didn't complain about what they didn't have, and they had more than enough. Amen. And had 12 baskets left over. That's exactly. You already got my next trivia question. You got me ahead of time. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. That's still good that you know that. See, that's just great. That's what I love about you guys. You know what's going on. This is what the scripture says. Great job, brother. I okay, appreciate it. you have it. a blessed day, sir. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Excellent work. And so I, I got 500 trivia questions. It's not hard to go to the next one. Okay. All right. Uh, boy, we are just pushing past, way past everything. Don't ask me. I got to do some of this, so let's get some of this going. This is in uh, – oh, so let's do our little uh, expository teaching thing. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. All I can say is wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. All I can say is Wow. All right, last week that we talked about this, we talked about Gamal. He was the Pharisee that told him to kind of chill out, <laughs> okay? And for those that are trying to figure out what kind of fish that was, it was either kefilta fish or white fish. That's a joke. Anyhow, it should have been white fish. That, that really was the, the key there. Uh, and see, because in Jewish tradition, you have bagels and white fish, and then you have lox and cream cheese. Okay. Uh, verse 35, he said to them, this is Gamil, men of Israel, take heed to yourself what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago, Thaddeus rose up claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain, and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. After this man, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census. Somebody else didn't like a census, I guess. And drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. Let's just stop right there and recognize what what Gamil smart enough. No, these aren't people that didn't know scripture. They didn't. They weren't unfamiliar with scripture. They just used weird applications for it. But Gamil, you knew Psalm one twenty seven verse one. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who take it on. If the plan that people are putting together is of men, it will not last. And you say, well, look at these countries. They lasted for 1,500 years and 1,000 years and 500 years, and they're all gone, <laughs> every one of them. You know what's still growing? Jesus' kingdom. 2,000 years later, still growing, still moving forward. But the kingdoms of men and the kingdoms of, of, of the world fall. They don't last. None of them are lasting. And that's the reality check. If God does not give favorable or permissible to the issue, it will not last. Period. And this is exactly what Camille is saying. Hey, if this isn't from God, it doesn't matter. It's going down. It's going the wrong direction. 
might be thinking, well, in politics, if it ain't from God, it ain't going to last. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Just means it ain't going to last. It has no eternal standing, especially if God is not for it. Get it? All right, we'll take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. It may be false, but it feels the same. So I punish my. What is the David Spoon Experience? Here is a DDD uh, entitled Custom Eyeglasses Used on Others. Custom eyeglasses used on others. First Samuel chapter 18, verse 9. So Saul watched David jealously from that day forward. Uh, stop. There it is. So Saul watched David jealously from that day forward. How do we see people in our lives? Saul saw David through jealous glasses. He put on these glasses. They weren't the ones from the Lord, right? They were glasses that had much more flesh in them, and then everything was tainted. This is what happens to you and I, and let's just do the honest, you know, those honest moments where we put on our glasses regarding regarding some people because almost every time we get a communication from them, there's just something coming that's just low. This is going to be lousy. I haven't even opened it. I'm already dreading it, right? Have you ever gone through that, right? Or every time this person texts me, I'm not smiling after I read it or something along those lines. And it could be somebody who, you know, has got a spirit of complaining. It could be somebody that's got a, a spirit of pride. It could be any of those things, right? And you're just like going, oy vey, right? But you're not saying it much, but you know how you're seeing it. And that's custom glasses. You've already put the glasses on. You've already determined how it's going to be. You're already seeing it through that slant. It's not that they've never done anything. It's just that you and I tend to stay in those zones and see people that way. And so no matter what was going to happen with Saul and King Saul and David, David was going to impute evil motives to Saul's actions. I've gone through this with a professor. I'm just confessing. Right. I had a professor uh, before we started the radio show and my buddy in the in the process was a pastor, was my like a schoolmate. And he would write me and go, what's why does she, you know, jump on you like that? I mean, he was asking me. Right. And I'm like, every time this <laughs> statement, I, I just and I just and instead of having any kind of change of heart or mercy, I was I was mad. But my anger did not work the righteousness of God. And sometimes people do that because of other reasons. It's not because of you. And we need to do a better job of not wearing custom glasses where we see the downside on people. So the question to ask is what kind of glasses do we use with others? And are those glasses approved prescription glasses from God? Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here 
in Texas. Okie dokie artichokey. All right. Here you go. Here you go. When the disciples argued about which of them was the greatest, whom did Jesus stand beside him as he taught his disciples about true greatness? Ooh, wait, what? A little sneaky here, right? Yeah. Listen to the question. When the disciples argued about which of them was the greatest, whom did Jesus stand beside him? Whom did Jesus stand beside him as he taught the disciples about what true greatness was? Al striking the chord first. Wow. Good job, Al. Good job on that one. All right, while you're doing that, unfortunately for most of you, I have in my hands, oh, I should probably tell you, if you do think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483, and then you can also send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Who was Jesus standing by when he was talking to the disciples? About uh, telling them about what who what true greatness was. Who was he standing by? Mm, interesting question. Fascinating. The answer is actually even most fascinating beyond that. If you think you know, reach out to us. In the meantime, you have to put up with us. Ready? All right. Got the buzzer ready? I got it. All right. <laughs> don't be so don't be so excited. <laughs> Why is it that Jesus cannot wear necklaces? Because he's the one who breaks every chain. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, uh, here you go. All right. What time of day does Adam prefer? Eve-ening. Okay. All right. A little lame. A little lame. All right. All right. Uh, what did Joseph do? You got this. I think. What did Joseph tell Mary? Would you like to murray me? See, mur frankincense. <laughs> Okay. All right. How about this one? This is even worse. <laughs> Get that puzzle ready. When the disciples sneeze, what do they say? Matthew. <laughs> Bless you, Matthew. Okay. You're killing me, Smart. I know. Those are really bad. I understand that. This one I'm going to do. Don't get mad. It's kind of funny. I just want to do the voice. What did uh, God have to say to Jesus? I am your father, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Chris is like, oh, you're killing me here. All right, fine. What is a mathematician's favorite Bible book? Numbers. See? Numbers. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, here's the last one. Where can we find evidence that Jesus egged people in the Bible? Where do we find evidence that Jesus egged people in the Bible? When he said, take my yoke upon you. <laughs> You know, folks, you might as well just enjoy it. It ain't going to change. It's like, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's the thing to tell me. Uh, when the disciples argued about which of them was the greatest, whom did Jesus stand beside him as he taught his disciples about true greatness? 
That's what you got to think of. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. This is probably the most important teaching of all. I mean, literally of the day, I'm just going to say it, because there's a lot that I could share. This is just the biggest part of it. Ready? So we just talked about the fact that if God's not building it, it's a mess. Okay, the Tower of Babel people could all get together with you in a focus group, and you can interview every one of them, and then you could simply say, right? You could just simply say, very simply, how'd that go for you? And they would all go, it didn't. Why? Because God was opposed to it. doesn't happen. That's what I'm trying to tell you. But what does the next verse say? So look at what Gamaliel says. He says, now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone, for if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. You can count on one thing. Things that are done by mankind do not last, have no eternal anything. Verse 39, but if it is God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you be even found to fight against God. So here's what I want to communicate. I know that there's the tension in theology between predestination, election, and free will. I mean, I understand. But I am telling you from the divine perspective, when God makes a determination, it does not get undone. God was determined to spend eternity with his creation, and even though man in his stupidity rebelled against God and sinned, God had a plan for man to come back and to bring restoration from that which was lost in the garden, from which we will return, and people are like, well, what will we do? It's like, I don't know, whatever God, I guess, had in mind before, whatever we did, going back to whatever was disrupted or whatever, here's the bottom line— God said, I'm going to spend eternity with people. People said, we're going to rebel and sin. God said, yeah, I'm going to change that. (laughs) That's what happened. And you can try and make it fancy and theological, but here's the bottom line. If God wants it done, it gets done. Here's the part that I want you to hear. That's in your life, too. You know how you rebel against the Lord and you don't yield in a particular area and you fight against it? Guess who's going to keep knocking on your head? until you give in. You're not going to win. You can't fight against God. Here, Gamil classically is like going, okay, if this is from man, hey, who cares? It doesn't matter. But if, if this is from God, this is a bad idea to go the other direction. It's a bad idea to fight against God. Why is it a bad idea to fight against God? Because you won't win. Because God and one is a majority. And that's all it is. There's nothing. I had a wonderful pastor from New Mexico, Calvary Chapel in New Mexico, Santa Fe, New Mexico. And him and I were talking, and he, I had some vineyard background. He has a Calvary background. And if you know the history, they have some lots of love and then some tensions and so on and so forth. And he said, well, he said, the, the great thing about it is that God and you is the majority. It's like if it's God and one person. It's like that's exactly right. God is is the authority. God is in charge. And you can rebel, and he'll even give you space in that rebellion until he's had enough. And then just like Saul on the donkey, and I know everybody's like, well, sure he had free will, right up until God knocked him on his keister and he was blind, and God said, "Uh, time to go a different direction. I'm telling you right now, Paul couldn't have gone, I'm not blind. I'm not blind. I have free will. That didn't happen. 
God said, we're doing a different plan here. This is what we're doing. That's what happened. And then he who became the destroyer of the church became the builder of the church. The point I'm trying to make is that you could have something going on in your personal life. If God is involved and God is a part of it, it's not going to be undone. Let's say God has a plan of redemption for somebody in your life. Nobody's going to change that. It's not going to stop. God's going to make that happen. You're not going to fight against God. You're certainly not going to win. If any winning could have happened against God, it would have. That's all you got to think about. That already be past tense. If any winning could ever have happened against God, would have already happened. Guess what? Never happens. Because God is not overthrown. You can't fight against God and win. Now, I give credit to certain human beings. They have a great capacity, and God has great patience and mercy to argue a little bit with God. <laughs> but I think he enjoys that more than you think in the capacity that they're just engaging with God. That's just me. You know, I'm just trying to say. Bottom line to that process is this. Verse 40, they agreed. Uh, they, so they said, look, you cannot overthrow, lest you be found fighting against God. Verse 40, they all agreed with them. And when they called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded them not to speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. After, listen to this, after, Gamil gave this great advice. Just look what happened. After he said, yeah, if this is from God, you, you know what? Chill out. Relax. You know, have an iced tea or something. Right? Afterwards. Then they beat them. <laughs> you guys are thinking, well, see, if God's in it, then nothing bad happens. Okay. So afterwards, they got 39 stripes, so to speak. They were beaten. You see what I'm saying? Steve brings up a good point. Well, what about Jacob? He wrestled with God and prevailed because God allowed it. And come on, you know, if that angel wanted to, he could have turned Jacob into a gnat and sent him on his way. But God is teaching us to prevail and to go in with him and to, you know, to, to be connected to him. That part's fine. But don't forget who's in charge. There's only one on the throne. And even though, even though they all went, you know what? You're right. It's from the Lord. Okay, smack them around. <laughs> that was their result. They started smacking them around. And it says specifically they agree with them. When they called for the apostles, they beat them and then commanded they should not speak. When we come back, that's going to be the be the big uh, component there. And that is that that how did they respond and what did they do? That's the ultimate of, of the lesson. Okay, for today, but we still have trivia, so we need to answer the trivia. And the trivia question was when the disciples argued about which of them was the greatest, whom did Jesus stand beside when who had did Jesus stand beside him as he taught his disciples about true greatness? He had a child with him when he was teaching them about greatness. What does that mean? Maybe we should be more learnable or teachable like a child instead of arrogant and full of pride like too many adults. All right, we're going to take a break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. Most of my life it feels like I've been This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business. 
but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. The deterioration of the ecosystem, or creation itself, is definitely the result of man. You say, well, how can you say that? Well, Romans chapter 8, verse 19 through 21. I just read the scriptures. I don't need anything else. The Bible says this, the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Creation itself is longing for the redemption that comes through Jesus Christ, and until that takes place, it is on a collision course down. The result of the ecosystem or creation itself crashing is a result of man's sin in the garden. So when they say, oh, well, it's not man-made, Oh, yes, it is. Of course it's man-made. It's because we messed up in the garden. But I wasn't with Adam and Eve. You were in the person of Adam and Eve. And if you want me to use it, you were in the life-giving force of Adam and Eve. And if you want me to really say it, you were in the loins of Adam and Eve. You were there, too. They stuck their fist up to God and said, nope. (laughs) And God went, okie dokie, here's the result. The David Spoon Experience. On Christ the Solid Rock I stand. All other Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. That's KAAMN 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. Weird show today, huh? Just kind of different, you know, but we like that. I mean, i sorry to say, <laughs> we, we find that to be fascinating. Uh, here's your next trivia question. Uh, it's another fill-in-the-blank, but this is a good one. It's very important, okay? Very important, okay? In reference to when Jesus uh, was involved with Lazarus and the raising of Lazarus, you got to fill in the missing words. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the blank. He who believes in me will blank even though he dies. Mm. So it's a twofer, okay, twofer. 
Uh, fill in the missing words. I am the resurrection and the blank. He who believes in me will blank, even though he dies. If you think you know the answer, you can reach out to us, 972-445-0770. Hopefully I didn't change that number in the last few seconds. You can also text us at 214-210-8483. Then you can also send an email, david, at he must increase. Dot org And I am going to send you to the website because we're not going to make this overly complex. Uh, we got 17 days to pay radio rent. We're, we're not doing as bad as we were doing, but we're not doing very good. So you just got to work that out. If you can give, great. If you can't, pray for us. That's all we're asking. And then in the meantime, don't forget if you have a praise report or a prayer request on the website, it's a great place to do it. Please go to he must increase.org. Prayer request? HeMustIncrease.org Praise report? HeMustIncrease.org Looking to give to this ministry? HeMustIncrease.org Confused by what's happening right now? HeMustIncrease.org HeMustIncrease.org Just jumping off the dock. That's all I see you do. Ah! Uh, Okay, somebody's ready to give us an answer on the trivia? Here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? David, this is Brother Ace. How hey, you doing, buddy? Hey, Brother Ace. How are you, my good friend? Uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Sometimes I comprehend things that aren't comprehensible. <laughs> anyway, um, as, you, as you well know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so wonderful. Like, sometimes I comprehend things that are not comprehensible. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, awesome, awesome, from, whatever. Well, you are you are a very dear and precious brother. A lot of people don't know how long we've been listening to this show. I mean, you've been around for a long yeah, time guess, listening to this show, haven't you? I guess so, yeah. Um, I can't really recall how long it's been, but it's been a while. It's been a while. It'll be, it'll be tomorrow, after tomorrow. I think it's four weeks from tomorrow or five weeks from tomorrow to be three years. So it's like getting up there. Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. Uh, You've been there all the way. You you want some exposure. Uh, You know, I live right on I-45, and uh, I can put a board up for you. Uh, I don't know what some it's going to have to be concise within uh, 12 feet or something like that, but – or if you wanted to get a – go to a label printing company and have them print out a real nice – uh, vinyl printing, yeah. you know, what you want on there, and uh, stick it on the highway there and see see if that won't hit me. That is awesome. All right, so we're, we're and we're, we're, you know what we're doing is we're doing this, uh, this the whole thing in our, in the doctorate is doing some of this exposure stuff that's really been kind of fascinating material. So you and I can hook up via email and talk about that down the road because I got yeah. some cool okay. things that I'm working on. So, yeah. all right, I'm going right. to give you the chance to help everybody in this one. This is a huge one. <laughs> And one that's important for people, especially if there's been lost or whatever the case may be, fill in the missing word. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the blank. And then he said, he who uh, believes in me will blank, even though he dies. Give ahead and give him to me. Yeah. Uh, life and uh, uh, perish. Well, not perish. Okay. And, and, and so the first one uh, is fill in the, I am the resurrection and the life. That's right. Bing, life. bing, bing, bing. Huh? All right. Now, follow with me on this one. Okay. He who believes in me will, what will they do? They're going to not. Eternal life? Or... They, well, that's, they're, they're, they're alive, so if they're he, living. If he dies, yet he shall live? 
Yeah, they'll be living. So when he said, I'm the resurrection of life, he who believes in me will live. Though he were dead, though he were dead will still live again. Even though, right? Yeah, it's right. Even though he dies. So even though they're they're dying, they're still living, which is the how it is in Jesus. Is All the scripture always looks at, at, the, at the people as though, in the New Testament, as though they're sleeping. Which is always yeah, right. kind of fascinating because it's like, well, that means they're getting yeah. up. Yes, that's exactly what it means. They're getting up. Yep. I great agree. job. They great, great in. job. Yeah. Well, um, anyway, I appreciate you. And uh, uh, I, I sent a little bit there into the uh, uh, to the radio station, so you should be getting that today or tomorrow. Oh, I appreciate that, brother. That's very kind um, of you. Yeah. Well, I, I, like I said, I miss. I miscomprehended the, the email you That's sent okay. me on how you, you was giving me. I thought, wow, I didn't get to be that much money in there. I said, yeah, okay. no worries. But, uh, yeah, yeah. No worries. Yeah, I appreciate Bless everybody out there with good health and wealth in Jesus' name. Amen, brother. Amen. Receive it in All Jesus' right. name. Yeah. Amen. All, All right. right. Talk to you. All right. God bless you, bro. Bless you. All right, Brother Eddie. So the answer is, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. There you go, right there. Okay. Uh, we still have history to do. Where's my history piece of paper? History. Oh, here it is. <laughs> okay. All right, fire away on history. Let's go. All right, here we're going to have a little bit of conflict. Today is National Oysters Rockefeller Day. It's not my, you know, thing there. I'm just going to say the nicest way possible. It's like, for those of you that think that's fantastic, congratulations. <laughs> that's that. Is that a nice way to say that? Okay. <laughs> L goes, yuck. <laughs> it's also, also National Cream Cheese Brownie Day. I'm totally for that. I love brownies. It doesn't matter what they look like, what they have, how they are. I just, it's fabulous. Yeah. Oyster brownies? Yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> Easter bunny, Easter bunny brownies. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, it's also National Flannel Day. I don't know. Is that like from the East? Like a flannel shirt? Is that what that is? Kind of a yeah. East? Okay, just making sure. Uh, and it's Umbrella Day. And I just wanted to say that real quickly because, okay, because there's that song that goes, Umbrella, Umbrella, Ella, 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 right? And uh, But they're not the first people to take a single word and make a whole sentence or 16 sentences out of it. Phil Keegan did that when he did the word, uh, when he was talking about God's plan. He goes, God's plan is plain. It goes on for like 10 minutes. It's like, wow, Phil, fill in a word. Anyway, one of my favorite artists, by the way, but still, you need an extra word. Uh, fire extinguisher was invented on this day in 1863, which could be really useful for this show right now. If somebody came in and used a, you know, okay. Uh, 1933, Always Coca-Cola was the introduction of the new campaign theme, Always Coca-Cola. Uh, I don't know what they did after that, but it didn't work out very good. And then finally, 1943, duct tape was invented. Okay, it's ducked, not duck. Okay, it's not for a duck. It's ducked tape. Okay, right. just make it your right, right. Okay, that's Donald Duck sneezing. <laughs> like that. Okay, uh, let's get to the next segment. You know, Chris and I, we have to have fun. 
That's how it goes. Uh, verse 40. This is the one thing I want to talk about. This is not going to go well, but it's all right. And they agreed with him. They called for the apostles and beat them. That's not good. And commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus. So they departed, verse 41, from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Do you see this? Do you see this right here in this text? I want you to go to, in your Bible, you should be in Acts chapter 5, verse 41. They departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. They suffered shame. In our country, people get millions of dollars for feeling shame because somebody said something or did something. In the Christian community, if you are shamed for Christ, you are honored. God thinks that's great. In our society, what we do is we go and we call a cable news network. <laughs> then we say, this happened to me. Oh, story at six. It's just like, I understand, and I understand our society permits for it, but you cannot tell me that the apostles— Back then, if there was TV, would have went, I'm suing. <laughs> that was not the whole point, right? The point was they identified with Jesus, who was crucified, who rose from the dead, and their suffering connected them to Jesus' suffering, and they were proud of it. And in our society, if you suffer for something, for anything, if you don't get a popsicle, you get a lawsuit. It's like, wow, I'm not sure that's the Christian theme behind this i think the idea is that if you're counted worthy to suffer for christ and you so suffer the lord will reward you from an eternal point of view i'm not saying i'm against every lawsuit ever and everything done is i'm not saying it, but the attitude is they owe me could you imagine the disciples walked out of there and said they owe me now that is not the christian faith the Christian faith is identifying with Jesus. They departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. That is a substantially different spirit than we've got going on in the church today. I'm just saying, get mad at me. I didn't write the book. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Taking a short break, then we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Have you ever wanted to get involved with a ministry that promotes Jesus Christ as Lord, but just don't know how? Serving in ministry is a matter of devotion, time, and talent. Are you looking for a place to try and test the waters? Do you want to get involved? Come join the Ambassadors Initiative. Be an ambassador for the David Spoon Experience. It doesn't pay great. Actually, it doesn't pay anything. But the eternal benefits are out of this world. Be a representative. Why not? It couldn't hurt. Well, we hope not anyway. You don't need to be a professionally qualified minister. You need to have a pulse. By that, we mean you need to have a heart. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassadors Initiative link. Fill out the form and we will reach out to you. 
Sorry. No parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. What is the David Spoon experience? This is Ray Bentley. Ray Bentley, the man, the myth, the legend on the show. I was going to say that about you. (laughs) It has been four years and and six months and 29 days since you've been live on the David Spoon experience. Oh, man, (laughs) finally, I've... I'm sliding in under the tag, home safe. You are safe. Okay. And so I'll tell the entire audience, real simple, uh, after this interview, you can either blame Ray or you can bless Ray (laughs) because it was his fault a year and a half ago on February 12th when he called me and said, you should be back on the radio. Amen. You you just point to that guy. Okay. (laughs) All right. First of all, Ray, I want to ask you a really important question to start everything off with. The time is yours. You determine how much time you've got. It's totally up to you. But I do want to just ask you this quick question. How you doing? (laughs) You know what? I am doing uh, good. I'm doing – actually, I'm doing great. I think these are exciting times. Uh, I I feel like – we're in an acceleration of things happening, of God moving, of kind of things that we thought about and imagined prophetically what it would look like. And it's like happening so much so fast with such acceleration. I'm like, I can't hardly keep up with it all. It's just, it's a great hour uh, to look up and to encourage one another. You know, I, I do realize there's lots of uh, challenges, and these are trying times, but out of the worst of times come the best of times. And if you can't outside, you'll have to face a penalty. And as with Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Now, I got, I've got to tell you a couple things that are coming up. Tomorrow's show, very intense. No, we're not going camping. It is very intense. The other thing to let you know is next week is loaded with uh, deep and challenging teachings. It's the nicest way to put it. So, you know, people are like, uh, is it a lot of fluff? (laughs) No. I'll use the Chris line. (laughs) No. Okay, there we go. Uh, here's your next trivia question. Uh, when Peter said to Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, what question had Jesus just asked his disciples? When Peter said to Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, what question had Jesus just asked his disciples? If you think you know, you can reach out to us by calling 972-445-0770. You can also uh, text us, 214-210-8483, and then you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Catch up on all my stuff. No, not mustard, ketchup. That's that old joke. The father tomato, the mommy tomato, sister tomato, and the baby tomato, and they're all walking down, and the baby tomato's way, 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 way back, and the father goes back there and steps on him, and then he says, ketchup. <laughs> Come on, it's an old, it's an old joke. Okay, all right. Apparently, we are not going to be live <laughs> Saturday and Sunday in Dark on Monday. Just want to point that out to you. Uh, uh, somebody ready to answer the trivia question? Okay, good. 
This is David. Please help me. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. It's Samson. Hey, Samson. What's happening? Hey, not much. Uh, I've been praying for your brother. Praying for you and your brother. Just hoping things are going well. We have not forgotten. Just want to know that he's doing good and let him let him absolutely know that he's covered in prayer. Amen. Yeah, keep praying. Like uh, he's hunting for a car. Yep. And right now it's a hot hot commodity and it's very pricey. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough in the, in the economy. Yeah. Whoever thought a used car would be like have the it's like what happened? Things yeah. change. <laughs> Things change so fast around here. All right. Yeah. Now here you go. Here's a classic. Ready? When Peter yeah. said to Jesus, "You're the Christ." The son of the living God, what question had Jesus just asked his disciples? What do you think? That's what I want you to say. (laughs) 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 What did he say? Do you remember how he said it? Yeah, I think he said, well, but what do you think? That's who I am. That's it right there. What do you think about who I am? That's the big yeah. one right there. Because it's like, well, who do you say that I am? Who are you saying? And that question, by the way, is the same question, ironically, that every single person needs to answer. That's what's so amazing. But who do you say that I am? And everybody has to answer that. And if they they can either answer it joyfully and willfully, or when it's too late, they'll say it grudgingly, but they're all going to give the answer. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's absolutely. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Right? Hey, David, can I ask you a question? Sure. Hey, I'll take the answer off here. Uh, What's the main purpose of the book of uh, uh, Ezra? Oh, the main purpose of the book of Ezra? Yes. Okay, good question. I'll answer that off the air. Okay, you ready? Okay, all right, so you listen up. And that's a good question, bro. Okay. Ezra and Nehemiah were contemporaries by about 15 years or so. Uh, Maybe 18 years, I guess, or 13 years. There's a little bit of debate there. But Ezra and Nehemiah have always been seen as one book. Okay. When Ezra, uh, who was a teaching scribe, uh, came into uh, play, there was this uh, abandonment of anything that was uh, proper for the temple. And when Ezra came into play, his job was to bring the truth, the, the true teaching back in. When Nehemiah came back into play, the people, I don't want to say they were softened up, but they were prepared now that they had been told by Ezra, hey, hey, you guys can't just abandon God. This is not going to work. You've got to have your heart and mind directed towards the Lord. Then when Nehemiah came into play, they found out that that purpose of that direction and that heart being towards the Lord had a conclusion to it, and that was to rebuild the temple. So Ezra's play was to lay the groundwork for Nehemiah's declaration that they needed to get to work. Ezra's uh, position was to get the people's hearts prepared. Nehemiah was to get them ready for what it was prepared for. So they work together, and that's why in the Hebrew canon, they see Ezra and Nehemiah as a single book because they are they, you cannot separate them. They all work together. That's the purpose of Ezra. Ezra 
is the lead and the foundational work for Nehemiah. You could, and you got to be careful when you say this, and I'm telling you, I'm just came to the top of my mind, so I'm telling you to be careful. But you could almost say that Ezra's the John the Baptist to the Nehemiah's Jesus Christ kind of thing. Like preparation prior, uh, John came in, got them ready. Oh, here it comes, the Messiah's coming, and then boom, the Messiah comes. I'm not saying that Nehemiah's the Messiah or anything. I'm just saying that there's a preparation and then a declaration and a call to action. So that would be the answer there. Okay? Is that helpful? Okay, sure. Okay. Chris is just looking at me. How many times are you going to mess up, Dave? I don't know. How much is left in the show? I can still do quite a bit. Uh, let's do the very last verse on Acts chapter 5. It's verse 42, and as simple as it is, it's still exceedingly important. So I'll do a kind of a read-through uh, from it so that you guys can follow follow the whole process. Here's verse 38 of Acts chapter 5. And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it's of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest even you be found to fight against God. And they agreed with him, and when they called the apostles and beaten them and commanded them, and they should not speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Now just... just uh, this I can never do this justice. This is the only thing that drives me batty on some of this stuff. Is this is so good? So they get them in the council. The, the Lord miraculously frees them. Right? They go to jump on them, and they're not even there. They're not even in the jail anymore. They can't figure that part out yet because they're they're out of the jail. They're back at the temple. They bring them back in real nice, and they say. Stop it. Stop, stop, stop it. And they wanted to kill him because then Peter goes, you know, this whole thing, you guys killed Jesus. He rose from the dead, but you're part of this murder plot. I mean, it's just like brutal stuff. And they're like, oh, we want to kill him. Then Gamil gets into this situation, says, don't kill him. Don't do this. If this is from God, you'll never overthrow it. But if it's not from God, it'll turn into nothing. So they all agreed. They beat them up. They released them. And where did the disciples go? Right back to the temple and right back to houses, preaching and teaching that Jesus is Christ. <laughs> Not even a blink. Not even. Well, maybe we should take a day off. No day off. We're going to keep teaching and preaching Jesus is the Christ. The Bible says they did not cease. And for all the threatening from the government, unspoken hint, hint, from all the declaration, doesn't matter. We follow one Lord, one King. And our citizenship is first in heaven. Period. I mean, period. There's no, no, no. Well, I'm an American first. Well, then you ain't a Christian. Period. You either love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, or you don't. And if you do, the mission keeps going until he calls you home. You're done when God, not when you say you're done, you're done when God says you're done. You're done when the Lord says, now you're done. 
And most of us, that will be when we wake up and there's nothing but angels and gold streets and all that other stuff. I mean, that's how it's going to be for most of us. The bottom line is that they didn't cease to teach and they didn't cease to preach. And they recognized that they could get in more trouble and have more people mad. And, oh, you're, you know, you're not being very nice. And Christians wouldn't do that. I find that to be the most amazing statement ever. Non-Christians telling Christians how to be Christians is the is the height of hypocrisy and stupidity. It's the height of it. It's like, really? You don't even believe in Jesus. What would you know? The bottom line to that process is they kept on going. They didn't quit. They moved forward. And you and I cannot quit in the faith. That doesn't give us a right to be obnoxious. I'm obnoxious by myself. You don't. If you need obnoxious connection, listen to the show and just absorb some of the obnoxiousness. But then don't be that way <laughs> With other people. But the bottom line, I love those bottom lines, don't I? I do that like every other. The bottom line, the bottom line, the bottom line, the bottom line. Never stop teaching and preaching. Never stop declaring and sharing. Never stop representing and telling and praying and pursuing. Never stop. There is no stop for the Christian until either we hear that or the Lord calls you personally. Keep going. Yeah, you don't understand everything. I get it. Me neither. But there's plenty to understand and plenty to go in and plenty to grow in. And you keep proclaiming because you just never know what one word can change somebody's eternal perspective. And maybe that word changes their trajectory into the arms of God. How about that? All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break, then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.